2: What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or, well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available, do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner. And let us wet our be M-I-Z. This a
0: long day Living in receded There's a free way Running through the yard And I'm a bad boy Cause I don't even miss her I'm a bad boy For breaking her heart
2: Hey there, Colin. You ready for another week of Tiger football? Not at all. No? Are
0: we still doing that?
2: Well, I guess it's pro forma at this point, but we're playing Kentucky, and we're going to Lexington to watch the Tigers reel off another big win, just like Missouri State. Yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah. the only one we have. I'm skeptical. Yeah? Shocker. Yeah. I imagine a lot of people are. That's why uh, we're going to make this an abbreviated midweek show. But I did have the chance to talk to Jen Smith from the Lexington Herald-Leader to tell us about just exactly why Kentucky's going to kick our ass. Really, really the reasons are myriad.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're countless. That's
2: what myriad means, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Nobody Google it. So, yeah, I don't know, Colin. I mean, we're looking at being one in four, one in five. I don't even care at this point. I think there's an SEC win on the table at all? I mean, theoretically Kentucky that is supposed SEC to be win? SEC. I mean yeah, I mean I mean maybe we beat a non con.
0: Well I don't know. I mean must I mean I guess you always have to look at that game at the end of the
2: season against Arkansas who sort of
0: become a real dumpster fire. Oh mm-hmm.
2: uh, I don't know. Yeah, they they saved our bacon last year, but uh really Barry Odom's. But I yeah, I mean Vanderbilt? Well, oh god, we can't be Vanderbilt. Very
0: scouted defense. Yeah. We have no offense. we have a very own coach.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All bad things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you sound as upbeat as I am.
0: Well, I mean, the point of this team and this entire season is point to one thing that is, that is moving in the right direction. And? I just thought, well, that's, that's the point. I can buy anyone to find one. Yeah. You know? People yeah. could say Corey Patoni, but it's like Corey Patoni looks good. He is good and will be good. He, he has been consistently good, so, so you can't point to that. And say, well, that's a positive. That, that that's just is.
2: Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about your punter being the best thing on the team, that that's guaranteed you're having a bad team. Yeah. So you know, and I I don't
0: think this team is completely devoid of talent. You well, know, they got Crockett, uh, but I, I just don't know. I don't have any trust in coaching, coaching staff and can to utilize him. No, I think at this point, if we were just to kind of lean on the offensive line if they have played okay, and, and to Mario Crockett, and try to turn ourselves into maybe a bit of a grinding football team versus, say, let's let Drew Lock throw interception ball in the field. That would probably be good for our offense. I don't see Josh Hyde for making this sort of uh, change. Well,
2: just, that's exactly what Gary Pinkle did in 2014 when Matty Mott started to go real screwy, is we just ground and pound. And it worked yeah. out very well for us.
0: Yeah, well, you know, Mary Odom is not giving it.
2: Mm, I think we're learning that every day. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's just get to uh, Jen Smith and hear what her uh, prediction of doom and gloom is and get back and talk about it. All right, sir. Uh, M-I-Z. See
0: you. And a throw Slam. This bugs for you, Missouri. Johnson, and he's gone.
1: Touchdown, Missouri. Don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri.
0: Boy, look at Crockett run. It's His fourth touchdown run of the day.
2: This is the Mazad Cast. Joining us now from the Lexington Herald leader is Jen Smith, who uh, follows Kentucky football and is going to talk to us a little bit about what we can expect to see on Saturday when Missouri heads down to Kentucky. Thanks for joining the show, Jen. Sure. Happy to be here. Well, the interesting thing from our perspective, I guess, is that Missouri has been so bad that not many people are even... Talking about this Kentucky team, it's, it doesn't seem to matter who we play, uh, but I know that Kentucky is in its own interesting place right now. They had a lot of high expectations. They they suffered a tough loss against Florida and then had a kind of unconvincing win last week against Eastern Michigan. What is the general attitude in Lexington about uh, where the Wildcats sit right now?
3: You know, I think it's sort of funny. It's like the most angry 4-1 in fan base I've ever
2: seen. <laughs>
0: yep. You know,
3: like, I mean, especially considering where they were just a few years ago. I think that that Florida game left you know it was sort of teed up to be the the, the big moment of the year to sort of to get rid of that 30 game losing streak, and then they had two twice they had uncovered receivers that scored, and one of them was the game winner. And you know Mark Steves is a defensive guy, he's a secondary guy, so like everything is sort of firmly squarely placed on him and. You know, I, I think the Eastern Michigan game was kind of a hangover for the coaches and the players and the fans. And I'll be interested to see, like, sort of how they bounce back when Missouri comes to town. If, if things are a little different because it's an SEC opponent, you know, if they're able to sort of that Florida loss a little better after two weeks. it's it's The fan base is not happy despite the 4-1. And, and it's been really sort of interesting the last couple of days in, in Lexington.
2: One of the areas that's been a little disappointing, I know, for the Wildcats has been their offensive line, and then you reported earlier today that a Juco transfer had left the program at the offensive line position. Is that an area for concern, especially, you know, given the talent that Benny Snell has for this Kentucky team going forward, maybe not against Missouri, but uh, maybe against tougher competition?
3: As far as the junior college transfer, he hadn't played in a game, and I think that his expectations were he was going to be a starting left tackle somewhere, and it just didn't pan out for whatever reason. So he's sort of a non-starter as far as that goes. You know, it's not like they lost some big, important player. But mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the, the thing with the offensive line is, you know, they lost, they lost their starting left tackle in the first scrimmage of the season. They, he, he was gone for the season. You know, they lost Boom Williams. They lost Jeff Bidette, who's now playing for Oklahoma as a grad transfer. Boom went early for the NFL. He was a running back. You know, Dorian Baker, one of their star wide receivers, is out for the year after having an ankle injury in one of the preseason scrimmages. So they lost a lot of sort of firepower and veteran leadership. And, you know, I think it's just taken some time. It can't all go on the offensive line. I think it's just taken some time for that offense to sort of figure out what its identity is, what it wants to be, what it can be. And then, you know, to sort of put all those things together with with new parts out what they were and what they could be and they turned into a, a pretty solid offense so it wouldn't surprise me to see them keep getting better but I, I i think that they
2: just hiring with indeed your search is over if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Very well Our listeners are not going to be at all surprised with this. And, of course, I don't think anybody who covers the SEC would be either. But Missouri's really just been complete garbage this year. Uh, they are entering this game two touchdown underdogs to Kentucky uh, on the road. And this has every indication of a game where Kentucky will get healthy and that angry fan base at four and one is going to be at five and one and probably have a good win under their belt now. How confident are you in this game? I mean, I think as a Missouri fan, we're pretty demoralized and we just see that two, two touchdown spread as realistic. But, uh, looking at it from Lexington, what, what are your feelings about this game? The the biggest concern if I'm Mark Stoops going into this game
3: is Kentucky is coming on, Kentucky has not had a bye week. Their bye week is next week before they go down to Mississippi State, which is a pretty important game, I think, on Kentucky's schedule. So I think that the the threat is that Kentucky is pretty banged up at the offensive line. Their quarterback... Didn't practice a ton on Monday. He was back on Tuesday, and they think he's fine here on out. There are a lot of guys that just have those sort of cuts and nicks and bangs, you know, that bruises. All those things that you have that a bye week kind of fixes for a lot of teams. And, and I think that the concern would be that Missouri has got some of that stuff fixed, and they've heard people trashing them for for a week or two now. And you know, maybe they come out with a little more fire than they've had previously. And you know, there's not, a, there's still, regardless of how well Kentucky has. Played, played you know they've won 10 of their last 15 games or something like 11 of last 15 regular season you know regardless of how well Kentucky has played there's still not a ton of margin for error in an SEC game against an SEC opponent so I think that that's sort of the thing that you have to if you're a Kentucky fan if you're Mark Stoops those are the things that you have to worry about that do you have the quality depth to play against an SEC opponent that's had a week to to game plan you and, and that is clearly going to be a little
2: more healthy. Do you see any scenario where uh, Kentucky could lose this weekend?
3: Yeah, I, you know, like I said earlier, I, I just think that the margin for error is still really small for Kentucky. <laughs> and I, I think that offensively, they've, they've got to figure some stuff out. I mean, Benny Snell is only Benny Snell if he's got an offensive line in front of them that, that will block, that will be physical. And, and I think that Missouri's defense hasn't been stellar but I think that, you know, it could take one game to, to gain a little bit of confidence, one one half. And Kentucky has really started games slowly and poorly and you know, I think if a team gets a little bit of confidence on the road in the SEC, they, they maybe get a touchdown lead early or, or something like that, that it'll be interesting to see how Kentucky
2: responds to that. So Missouri's offense has been the real disappointment for us this year. We we didn't have high expectations for the defense, but we thought we might have a high-powered offense. They really have struggled, particularly passing the ball. Do you think uh, Kentucky's going to have any particular strategy to slow down Drew Locke and probably more importantly Demaria Crockett at the running back position to – keep points off the board this week
3: yeah that's everybody's biggest concern going into this season for Kentucky wasn't the offensive line which we've talked about it was the defensive line like they had really struggled they'd lost some guys they were terrible last year you know I mean they, they were just not a good group, and this year they really come around. They're the you know the number three rushing defense in the country right now, and and it's legit. Like they're playing legit teams that have running backs, and they're able to to, to make some stops and get some key you know key third down stops and those sorts of things. So. Kentucky's defense has really, especially the run defense, is impressed and surprised the people. But the, the secondary is still giving up a lot of sort of bad decision making, maybe some bad calls on coaching. I missed those. I mentioned those uncovered receivers, things like that. You know, I I, I think that this is a game where the secondary really wants to prove something, and Locke is still a formidable quarterback. He's still a guy who has all the throws. So I, I think this, the secondary is going to use this game as a barometer for just. You know how much they've improved in the last couple of weeks.
2: Finally, do you have a, a prediction for uh, the outcome of this game? Do you make predictions?
3: I don't, in general. I would say probably twenty-seven, seventeen, Kentucky. If I was going to be in the in the prediction game,
2: I, honestly, the way Missouri's played, I think we'd be we'd be satisfied with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kentucky's been there. It's yeah. not, and, and you're not that far away from from being at the basement,
3: and you're not that far away from being. You know, you're never going to be Alabama, but from being near the top, I I think it's just. You know the way the SEC goes, and you get a couple of good recruiting classes, and, and things can change in a, in
2: a in a hurry. Well, Jen Smith, thank you so much for uh, for talking to us about this game. Uh, you can follow Jen at Jen Herald Leader on Twitter, and read her at the the Lexington Herald Leader online or uh, in the paper. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jen. I appreciate it. Sure. Have a good night.
0: heart of kentucky a man is building an ark he doesn't think he's the new noah but he does think the bible story may in fact be factual and he wants to open a theme park to make the case however is there any real science here and should taxpayers be funding this thing
1: here's abc's david wright it's every kid's favorite bible story genesis chapter six to nine the story of noah and the flood and the ark he built to save all the animals two by two. An apocalypse rendered kid-friendly for Sunday school. I'm Father Noah, captain of this bar.
3: This story, like so many stories in the Bible, has big elemental things that are... still leave
1: questions in the world today. After Jesus and Moses... Noah probably has more Hollywood blockbusters Raise the ramp, lads! than anyone else in the Bible. Which is why we found ourselves in an unlikely place. So we are in Williamstown, Kentucky. Population, not much by the looks of things. And where we're headed is supposed to be right up here. We turn a corner and lo and behold. There she blows. Off in the distance is a large wooden ship still under construction. Oh my gosh. Noah's Ark, right here in the American South. 510 feet long, 85 feet wide, 51 feet high. The dimensions set out in the Bible, cubit by cubit. Ken Ham is the Noah of this Ark. It's huge, uh, the closer you get, it just it looms. gets bigger and bigger. Ham is no Old Testament prophet. His mission, to turn this Bible story into a world-class theme park. Straight out of the Old Testament, and then some.
2: The message that we have, it's making the Bible come alive. Really by building Noah's Ark, we're saying,
1: this really happened, this is plausible. When finished, Ham says his Ark will be seven stories tall and a football field and a half long. The largest timber frame structure in the world. Among the construction workers building the Ark, Amish carpenters. You kind of looked apart a little bit. (laughs) The artists creating the exhibits are believers too. The designers are tasked with creating two of every kind lifelike creatures, even if you might not remember them from Sunday school. This is not one that I recognize. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so what is this? Is this kind of an abominable snowman?
2: This is a Nisodan.
1: What are you making here? This is the
2: hyena kind. This would be the grandparent of modern apes.
1: Ham calls his ministry Answers in Genesis. His creation museum, a few miles away, attracts nearly half a million visitors a year, teaching a young earth theory of creation. That God created the earth in six days, and that on the seventh day he rested, just like it says in Genesis. One problem with that approach... Where exactly do dinosaurs fit in? Do you believe that Noah took one of these onto the ark? Well, the Bible says Noah took two of each kind. It seems like if you took one of those on board, everything else might as well stay home. (laughs) If you ask me if Ken Ham's uh, creation model is viable, I say no. That concept is an immediate deal breaker for Bill Nye the science guy who says dinosaurs died out long before humans came along. Off by millions and millions and millions of years and to teach young people were allosauruses really on the ark? No,
2: no Allosauruses could not be on any boat anybody built 5,000 years ago.
1: Bottom line, Nye dismisses Ham's creationist exhibits as biblical propaganda. But for Ham, the biblical story isn't just a metaphor or a cautionary tale. He sees it as fact, and so does everyone who works for him. It's actually part of the hiring policy. To work on the Ark Encounter, job applicants have to sign a strict statement of faith, agreeing, for instance, that the Great Flood of Genesis was an actual historic event worldwide in its extent and effect. They also have to be straight, anti-abortion, and Christian. They have to be
2: Christian, yes. Why? Why? I
1: mean, the people what? who believe in the Book of Genesis also include Jews and Muslims, for that matter. Okay. Why, why, why couldn't they... Well, because we are are a Christian organization. Because of the controversial hiring policy, the state of Kentucky tried to block him from receiving any public funding. But Ham took his case to the state Supreme Court and won. And now his $100 million project takes advantage of millions of dollars in tax breaks and tourism benefits.
2: Christians pay taxes in this world, we live in this world, we're not second-class citizens.
1: Ken Ham doesn't seem to be bothered by his critics. He has a mission, he says, just like Noah did.
2: God's work is true. And we have these people here who are are actually scoffing. He is a religious, fanatic. There's lots of people that scoff, and we get a lot of attacks by uh, some of the aggressive secularists, and sometimes I feel a bit like
1: Noah. But Ham knows this ship can sail. He predicts the Ark Encounter will attract one to two million visitors in the first year alone. It does kind of have a Field of Dreams quality. If you build it, they will come. Yes, we really do believe that if we build it, they will come. I'm David Wright for Nightline, aboard Noah's Ark in Williamstown, Kentucky. Well, let me get to the point. Let's roll another joint
0: turn I'm too to be proud you don't know how it feels you don't know how it feels to be me
2: yeah it's clear Jen hasn't watched a lot of Tiger football because she still regards them as a possible challenge for this uh, Wildcat team yeah I mean if she didn't
0: come on and say, oh yeah, Kentucky's going to stomp a mud hole and walk it dry, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, she obviously doesn't the Tigers, but...
2: No, that's how we operate. We let the opponents yeah. have their way with us. Yeah. They're submissive.
0: Yeah. We're a bottom, for sure. <laughs> and not a power bottom, just a
2: bottom. You know, passive bottom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> very passive, very docile bottom.
2: Uh huh, Submissive bottom. I think that's, yeah. that's the best description we have. Well, Colin, the other thing uh, I wanted to mention is we talked on our last show, our last regular show, about having listeners send in some uh, music of their own if they're in a band, and we've had a lot of folks do that. So uh, starting after this Kentucky game and our weekend show, we're going to start premiering some of that tunes, and I just wanted to, if anybody missed that show and is in a band, I wanted to encourage them to send an email to mizodcast at gmail.com because we're getting some great music.
0: Yeah, I I doubt that, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> you're you're a harsher critic than I am in the music world. <laughs> well, Brendan,
0: if it's not Miley or uh, Taylor Swift or a Bieber, then I you know
2: count me out. I am a big I thought you were a big Katy Perry fan. Well, yeah, I mean Katy Perry, you know, is okay. I
0: mean she's got big, luscious boobies, but I like my uh,
2: performance artists
0: like I like my quarterbacks, baby-faced and hairless. So mm-hmm. Justin Bieber's the way I like to go.
2: Yeah, he really is the Drew Locke of pop singers it's, it's been said be many incredible. times. <laughs> yeah. All right, Colin, it's good. it's uh it's it's just really ugly. So, uh, you know, until we we're counting down the days till basketball season starts, obviously. Hey, well, I guess you want to throw out a prediction before we're we're two two touchdown underdog before I let you do your prediction. Yeah, we're we're uh, 14 I don't point dog. Like a
0: straight up prediction of the Dodgers say take the
2: points. Yeah. Take the points. Yeah. They are going to
0: be by at least 24.
2: You think so? Absolutely. It is uh, on I the road. I have no doubt it. I yeah. mean, I have no doubt. Uh, let me ask you a better question, I guess. Uh, do you think the Tigers will score an offensive touchdown?
0: Yes, I
2: do. Mm. I do. Well, that's, I think who can be, say you're negative? You yeah,
0: know, yeah I, mean, I think you're looking at like a 38-7 you know,
2: type game. That's, I can't so wait. That yeah. All right. Well, until Saturday, I guess, whenever we uh, drown our sorrows and misery in uh, bourbon, time to sign off and tell everybody, Thanks for listening to a very dreary podcast. Yeah, it's
3: the
2: worst. <laughs> yeah, it is. We brought you nothing this week, and I hope you like it. But, you know, it's more than the Tigers will bring Saturday. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well then, you.
0: Our bottom, just the bottom.